I worked through my outline this week and, and again, time to think during a project. And I'm like, man, we've been here before, right? Where Gamaliel, he gives the advice and I'm like, oh yeah, like we're going to go back through the COVID era, right? And, and some of the advice and even, even some of the rumblings that were going on, uh, you know, in regards to the doors being open and, and I think even we were addressing some of the, the topics even towards my preaching and teaching. Um, some people were not, there's, I mean, there's still some rumblings going on um, with, the, with my ministry. And so, I mean, just, just working through some of that. And uh, also thinking, again, things going on in the churches in the area, right? There's a lot of rumblings going on. And uh, so humorously, uh, just trying to, uh, one of my professors, now I've seen this video before, so I'm going to try and lighten the mood a little bit, um, but also in the midst of, I'm going to say complaints, right? And when you hear some of these rumblings and whatnot, uh, one of my professors played a YouTube for us, and, and we're working through the book of Hebrews. <laughs> and so it's a lot, of, a lot of people going back and choosing their own opinions, and a lot of grumblings in Hebrews. So laugh with me. Edward, do you have that YouTube video? Um, he played it. And generally, when you hear that there's problems, it kind of centers around this element. Now, the greatest collection of me worship ever assembled on one CD. It's all about how I lift my name on high. All 20 songs, all about you. This amazing collection is great to share with friends, if you have any. Everyone can join in the worship with you, for you, and about you. Because you are unique, and you love you. There is none like me. No one else All this for only $19.95. Operators are standing by to serve you. And I am why I sing. And I am why I live. If you order now, you'll also receive a second CD of Yule Tide Favorites. One eight hundred me me me, or order online at me myself and I dot com. Great I am. <laughs> Anyhow, lots lots of humor towards that, but generally, generally, that's where it centers, right? When there's rumblings and problems, the focus is on on me, and there's an exalting of self and. And as we step into Acts chapter 5, the Sadducees are doing the same thing, right? And so uh, let me just pray, and we'll read down through our text, and uh, we'll work through our notes, and uh, we should be out in good time. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you that um, after worship, Lord, and time in prayer, and we've gathered here, uh, Lord, we can recognize that this is not about me. It's not about us. This is about you. And Lord, as we, 
we open your word, and Lord, uh, we don't have to understand all of that. Lord, this is a lifetime process. Lord, as we open your word, Lord, it is, it is the authority. It takes precedence. And as we read it, Lord, we're, we're, we're understanding, we're gaining wisdom to be applied. Lord, your spirit helps us with this. And we're seeing your son, Lord Jesus. We're seeing your son, the king of kings. We're seeing the son, the judge. And Lord, we answer to the pages of scriptures and it's the same way we'll answer to him. So I pray as we, we open up, Lord, that we would understand that this isn't about the messenger this morning. This is about you. And as we read through this text, Lord, we'd see that we answer to it. Lord, be with my words. And uh, Lord, I just ask that you would lead in this message. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so Acts chapter 5. The main focus this morning of what God was laying on my heart was Gamaliel's advice. Okay, and you're going to read through it. It's, It's really... A fascinating thing to consider because, I mean, Gamaliel, he has the Old Testament scriptures. He has the ministry of, of Jesus and then all the healings. I mean, he would have heard something about the rumblings at Pentecost and the temple of vicinity. I mean, he's got the whole package and yet he's still working through it. Well, if this is of God, then we can't do anything about it, <laughs> right? Like, leave it alone. If it's not, it'll, it'll, it'll peter out. So even with the whole package, you still have this this man, right, and I'm going to say they're a religious man, uh, again, I mean, he would have had Proverbs 30 pointing towards the knowledge of the sun, right, and yet he's still trying to figure it out. So the Gamaliel's advice, you'll just see at the top of the notes, for the jealous, angry, plotting, uh, another aspect of it, he's standing next to the church, the assembly's already thriving. I mean, the miracles, I mean, it, 12 to 17 is like the biggest revival you'll read in Scripture. He's standing next to it, right? And, and, and he's, he still has a problem with this. So the point number one taken from verse 35 is pay attention. Be cautious when your problem is the preaching, right? You have to be to pay attention to that. And you're going to notice as we work through this that the main tenant was the message that these men were teaching, the message that these men were preaching, okay? So be very careful here. Um, Number two, the point, verse 38, the plans of God will not be stopped. All right, and you'll see this as we read through his advice. Um, Number three, parallel persecution, when it has to be our way, right? This is Satan's hold through religion, right? The Sadducees are like, no way. We've got the scriptures, we've got the miracles, we've got everything. It's got to be our way. And they even beat the apostles because of this. And then number four, verse 41, the presence of the council. These are the leaders. Watch as the people walk away from this leadership. Watch as they walk away from from what these men are trying to enforce. And they're like, no, this is where Christ is leading. Um, So just beginning, Acts chapter 5, verse 12. And we should be familiar with these first couple verses. It says, and through the hands of the apostles... Many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. So we have the authenticating wonders, and they're in a place of teaching. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. 
And believers were increasingly added to, excuse me, to the Lord. How? Spirit of God through the Word of God. Multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. I mean, this is, again, one of the biggest spiritual revivals you'll read in Scripture. Also, a multitude gathered. Right? We see God's drawing, John 6, 44, Spirit of God through the Word of God. God's gathering people to Jerusalem to hear this message, to see the signs. From the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. That's intentional, all of them. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the greatest spiritual revival you'll read. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of Sadducees, and they didn't believe in the spiritual realm. They didn't believe in the afterlife. They, they didn't believe in, in angels. I mean, there was a number of things that they did not believe. And they were filled with indignation. You'll notice there, New King James has a study note. That's jealousy. I mean, they're standing next to the church, the greatest spiritual revival. I mean, God's working in their midst, and they're jealous. That's their first response. They're jealous. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. Like, like God's working must stop. It's not being done our way. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. I just find it fascinating. Every, every mention here, place of teaching, teaching, the word, words of this life. I mean, we could spend three months just looking at this through the Old Testament and what Jesus says it is and the apostles. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. <laughs> over, over, and over again. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together and with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison... They returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely, and the guards standing outside before the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Is this about the miracle, or is this about the message? Right, we have to be careful. We'll get in there. I mean, it, it, you can imagine the, the mayhem, but is this about the miracle or the message? Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <laughs> okay? The captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. People can have power, especially in political scenes. All right, this seems to be keep coming up there. If the people would unify, right, 
then they would have power in politics. God's people, I mean, there's an example here. They feared people lest they should be stoned. Now, I don't recommend throwing stones at politicians either. Um, but, well, there's a Jewish... Okay, no, no. Um, verse 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your... New King James says doctrine. ESV? Same? Doctrine? Teaching? Okay. Because I would say doctrine, I mean, almost immediately people's eyes glaze over. Right? I'm just like, oh, you know, teaching is a little bit more, more palatable. Okay, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, your teaching, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Well, who, who did Jesus stand trial before? The Sanhedrin right? Pharisees, Sadducees, I mean, they, they did kill the Lord Jesus. They did reject God's son, his king. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And, I, and I'll be honest, I mean, most of the time I approach this text, I mean, as long as, as, long as our government's leading for God, and it doesn't contradict the word of God, then we submit. If not, we obey God at all times, right? But I mean, the obedience here is on the what? Teaching of the word, right? They're saying that, no, no, we're called to teach. We're called to, to preach the message of Christ regardless. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree him god has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior to give repentance to israel right there's a coming wrath right there's a there's a matthew 12 and a matthew 23 there's a 80 70 that's coming here repentance to israel and forgiveness of sins see that jewish first century context here and we are his witnesses to these things, the apostles. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. What are the three rules of interpretation? Context, context, and context. When I place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross... When did I receive the Holy Spirit? Was it through obedience? Did I have to obey him first? No, it was the moment of faith. Right? I was regenerated. I was indwelt, adopted, and sealed. Okay, done. But what does it say here? It says, and we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Right? This is a Jewish first century context. And if you were to read through the, the book of Acts, every time a Jewish person places their faith in Christ, an apostle has to be present and lays hands on them so they can receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, And, and we'll visit this again. I, I don't have time to get into this. But in this, in the book of Acts, this is a transition book that every time a Jewish person from this first century 
places their faith in Christ, an apostle has to be present and lay hands on them for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll have some references or talk to me afterwards and I'll give you some references just to see that as we go through. All right, we receive the Holy Spirit instantaneously at faith. The first century Jew, because they were part of that cursed generation, all right, they needed an apostle present. Okay, verse 33 says this, when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. What does take heed mean? I mean, be very careful, yes? I mean, like, like this, there's, there's a warning here. For some time ago, Thudius rose up claiming to be somebody. And there's always been false messiahs, even in, in this Jewish, within the first 200 years there around this time. For some time, Thudius rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. Right? Somebody stands up says some words, people there get behind him, guess what? We got some momentum going. But what happens? He was slain. And all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. This is part of their history. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished. And all who obeyed him were dispersed. Verse 38. And now I say to you, Keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it'll come to nothing. That's a pretty good principle, right? If it's of God, well, we're going to watch it work. And, these, and I'm going to say, like, these men don't have the Spirit, all right? They have the Scriptures, they have the, the witness of Christ, they have the, the signs and wonders, but they don't have the Spirit, and, and he can still process. If this is of God, God's plan will not be stopped. But if it's of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. We're almost back to how we process some of these rumblings. Right? And whether it's history or whether it's present or what's, whether it's going into the, 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 the Christian community of this valley, right? I mean, it's, it's, if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles, and I still don't quite understand the next verse, and, and beaten them. I mean, they, they have the whole principles, and yet, like, let's throw this in for good measure. Let's beat them. Okay, they had beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council. So they leave rejoicing that they were accounted worthy to suffer shame for his name. I mean, Jesus told them in Luke 21 that they would. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. What was their priority? 
teaching and preaching Christ, right? What was, what was the, what took precedence out of all that? Even their own safety, even their own well-being. It was teaching and preaching Christ to their countrymen. Their mission field was their own families, their own countrymen coming in, right? Precedence was the teaching of the word. And I said, notice the teaching, the word emphasis, the gospel, the whole counsel of God. So let's just grasp a couple of things Last week we looked at the Spirit of God through the Word of God coming back um, to verse 14. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Right? We just touched very briefly on reform. This wasn't a sovereign act against people's will electing. These people were, were watching the signs and wonders. They were in Solomon's porch listening to the preaching of the Word. Right? The apostles opening the Old Testament scriptures and the Spirit of God through the Word of God opened their hearts. Do you remember who we looked at from Acts 16 with that phrase? You remember? It was Lydia. Where it says, The Lord opened her heart to the things spoken by Paul. Right? Spirit of God through the Word of God. And here it says, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. They're in Solomon's porch, a place of biblical teaching, authenticating works. Um, when we, we work through it on paper, right? This doctrine or this teaching, these were Jewish men and women. Men and women probably had families, right? Probably had little ones running around. I mean, we don't want to just man and woman, okay? They had their Old Testament scriptures. They were becoming believers that Jesus is the anointed chosen one. It wasn't just an ABC salvation, admit, believe, and confess, because they were Jewish. They had the beginnings, and I just, just off the top of my head working through that, they knew who Yahweh was, is, always will be. Glad I corrected that. I mean, they, they knew who the I am is. They knew he was creator. This isn't like us with our kids club trying to lay the foundations. They knew, they believed. They understood the restoration plan of scripture. Right? If you were to go to, to any one of these Jewish believers, right, and you would say, okay, what is your Jewish hope? It would not be heaven forever and ever, crossing the river and some of those things. It would be that the Messiah King is coming and he is going to set up his earthly kingdom and we will be in the land and there will be harmony okay they knew those tenants which i think would have made preaching pretty easy right you think so i mean like remember lazarus um king jesus raised him from the dead he waited three days so you could not miss that right i mean the feeding of the five thousand remember that i mean there's going to be no food shortage when he takes the throne i mean all these different things i mean it, it putting the pieces together the Old Testament Messianic prophecies. I mean, here we go, right? Okay, Psalm 2, Psalm 16, Psalm 22. I mean, Isaiah 53. I mean, walking them through these texts, they would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a healing, yeah, yes. Oh, they're all healed. Everyone who's coming to Jerusalem, yes. That power is coming from King Jesus. Isaiah 53 would have made sense. Right, walking through the suffering servants the death, burial, resurrection of the king, the message of salvation from the imminent wrath, from sin, Jesus paid the price. One day we're not going to have this sin nature as we, as we rule and reign with Christ. 
I put in highlight, you'll notice in the notes, and we'll just work through a couple more tenets here. The promise of, we use the word rapture, right? That tends to take, I mean, everything after someone makes the, the, the decision to place their faith in Christ, everything focuses on the rapture, doesn't it? But there's more to the gospel, right? There's more to that narrative. You've got the rapture, you've got deliverance, right? You've got deliverance from the sin nature. You've got deliverance into this kingdom that's coming. You've got the presence. Last two tenets, the day of the Lord. Right? That's an important, that, that takes out, a, that, that's a large majority of the prophet's teaching, right? This was part of the whole council of God, and then the eternal life, the messianic kingdom, ruling and reigning with Christ. So when I read that word teaching or preaching or doctrine, it's not just the ABCs, right? These, these Jewish men and women and their families had a foundation that these men were putting the pieces together. Now, what if they didn't have a foundation, what if, what if they were coming in as Gentiles with no idea who Yahweh is? No idea about the Messianic kingdom. No idea about, about the suffering servant. No idea whatsoever. Would that message have changed? The message wouldn't have. But you would have had to approach it differently. It would have been like, okay, instead of, let's say this was over the course of, of two weeks. Ah, let's go one week. It would have been like, now we need seven years. Right? Especially if we're only meeting on Sundays to line this up so that we can see this program that's taking place. So when I say the word teaching, right, notice the teaching of the word emphasis. Verse 20. Right, and we're just gonna we're gonna focus on this because most of the time the rumblings is over the teaching or preaching, and that's the first Gamaliel's point. Pay attention, be cautious when your problem is the preaching. On verse 20. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. What is this life that the angel is talking about here? Is it about my life with Jesus now? I mean, we could include that. What did this life mean to the, the, the Jewish listener, to the apostle? Right? This life was the very promise from, from Deuteronomy chapter 18 that a new prophet would come and he would speak for God. What's he going to speak of? He's going to speak of kingdom life. Right? In the presence of God, in the presence of the king. If we had time, which we don't, Deuteronomy 30, and I've got these texts there. If you read through the first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 30, it talks about choosing life or death. That is that life in the kingdom, in God's presence, under the ruling of the king in the lands. John, Proverbs chapter 8. If you read through that and, 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 and make a point this week, read through Proverbs 8 and look for three words. Way, truth, and life. From Proverbs chapter 8. Wisdom. It's not a coincidence that Jesus in John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 17, 3. What is eternal life? Eternal life is knowing the one true God and the one whom he has sent, the Lord Jesus Christ. Words of this 
life. These apostles stepped into the temple, opened the Old Testament Scriptures, and said, let me show you that Jesus is the Christ. A couple more, verse 21. And when they had heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. What do you think they taught? <laughs> Same as before. I mean, it, it, let's open the Old Testament Scriptures, and I'm going to show you the words of this life, God's program. Not just a little snippet. Not just a nice little word. Not just a nice little feeling. They taught, and they showed them, and they put them, these pieces, together Verse 25, so one came out and told him, saying, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Okay, I don't want to be a broken record here, but what were they teaching? A little sermonette? No, they, they, were, they were laying the foundation. They were connecting the pieces for these Jewish men and women and their families. So they understood this program for God that God has given them that He wants them to participate in. Verse 28, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching or your doctrine. Where do, we, where do we wind this up? Verse 33. When they had heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Not to make this confusing, but these Sadducees, they were hearing a lot of preaching, weren't they? And a lot of teaching. And a lot of things that they didn't agree with. I mean, theologically, again, they didn't believe in a spiritual realm, angels. I mean, you think it's a coincidence God used an angel to deliver them from the prison? <laughs> if Sadducees are like, angels don't exist. Well, an angel just opened the prison and, and sent us back in the temple. Um, they didn't believe in an afterlife. Right? Theologically, they didn't agree with that, and yet they were still hearing these things, including what was message there. So when they heard this, I couldn't help but to pause and think about these rumblings. They didn't agree with the teaching. They didn't want the teaching. I mean, they, they put them in prison even because that teaching had to stop. We, it's not our way. They were jealous. They were filled with indignation. That's a big word. I have a hard time with that. Jealousy is a little bit easier for me. They were jealous. They were controlling. Right? Controlling. They were religious opinionated, spiritually empty and barren. Now, those are strong words, but these are Sadducees. They were saying no to what God is doing in their midst. And they're saying, we, this has to stop. Verse 33, they plotted to kill them. Now, that's a little extreme. Um, but I mean, I mean, Satan does things here, doesn't he? So it brought... Gamaliel's advice to the forefront. And I think there, I'm, I got enough time just, just to read through it. This is the, the, the point. Gamaliel's advice for the jealous, angry, plotting. They're standing next to the church. They're watching what's happened. They're the religious people. And this is what he says. Then one council stood, verse 34, up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people. He's got his Old Testament scriptures open. I almost want to. Yeah. Old Testament scriptures open. 
He's held in respect by all the people. I mean, he's leader, respected. And he commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. Point number one, pay attention. Be cautious when your problem is the preaching. Right? Even Gamaliel understood that God is doing something and it needs to be reckoned with. Verse 36, he goes into some details of the history. For some time ago, Thutius rose up claiming to be somebody. Number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people. After him, he also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. If you're curious about those men, Google them. Just book of Acts, these men, history, Josephus will come out. It's fascinating, but we don't have time. Verse 38, the plans of God will not be stopped. Whether you're religious, whether you're opinionated, whether you're controlling, jealous, God's plans will not be stopped. And that's something that you can take hold of. Right? I mean, you know that. So it doesn't matter what's going on. We're, if, if the Spirit's leading in it, we're moving forward. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it's of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you even be found to fight against God. That'd be a scary place to be. Verse 40, parallel persecution. Our way. Quite often you're not meeting persecution or pressure or oppression head on, contradicting. Right? You find yourself, you're going in somewhat the same direction. And you've got people there that have a problem. No, it's got to be our way. It's got to be, you've got to fall in line with us. I mean, the Sadducees, as, as much as I want to be hard on them, they were almost there. They had the Old Testament scriptures. Right? They had the miracles. They, they were like one step away from going, yes, he is the Messiah. They were parallel. And yet they still had this jealousy and controlling, trying to pull the apostles into their, their, their direct line. And they agreed with them and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Right? They leave the council behind. These ones that held all the pieces just had a decision to make. They left them behind. I'd like to think that they might be included later on in Acts, what says a number of priests come to saving faith. I'd like to think that the dots, maybe even, maybe even in the rejoicing of the apostles as they leave, Maybe something clicked for some of them. But they left them behind because the, that, <laughs> Christ is not in that. Just close, verse 42. What's the priority for them? What's the precedence? I mean, what does the model of the church have, even through Gamaliel's advice? And daily, in the temple, probably the hardest hardest mission field is they're going to their own families, their own countrymen. 
I mean, it's not safe for them. They've just been arrested, <laughs> thrown in prison. I mean, like the, and, and you're sending us back in there. It says daily. Man, we think ministry is rough. We think the Christian life's rough. Right? It says daily in the temple and in every house, kitchen tables. Right? I mean, I mean, it, it just, it's permeating every aspect of life. They did not cease teaching. What were they teaching? ABCs? Oh, their Old Testament scrolls were open. They're like, oh, there's the Christ. There's the Messiah. There's the Messiah. There's the anointed chosen one. Oh, do you think we can find another one? Can you imagine pouring over the scriptures going, oh, is this Jesus here? Is this the king here? Can you imagine what that kind of Bible study would be like? I can. I spend hours doing it. I love it. Every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. One of the biggest spiritual revivals, biggest opportunity to serve. God is doing crazy things in their midst, and yet you still have these jealous plotting, controlling, angry people standing, right? Religious people. But we know that if it's of God, guess what? It can't be stopped. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you give us boldness in the things that you have placed before us to participate in. Lord, we think of um, everything from our children's ministries to our youth ministries to Harvest House to this VBS even camp, Lord, the, the nature of camp is changing. And Lord, we need, we need you. Lord, we need the boldness that comes. Uh, I know Gamaliel, I mean, he, he had the pieces. He just had to put things together. But his counsel is sure, Lord, your plans can't be stopped. And Lord, I pray that we would do our, our diligence in preparing Lord, are, are looking after the stewardship, Lord, and looking after our policies, Lord, being prayed up and prayed for. But Lord, that we would not be detoured from what you're leading in. Lord, help us to be submissive. Help us with humility. And Lord, bring us together as a church ready to do battle. Lord, I pray these things in your name. Amen. The VBS program that we're doing this year is actually called Keepers of the Kingdom by Answers in Genesis, and it's all on spiritual warfare, right? It's all about the armor of God, which it's fairly easy to do with church kids, but it's a completely different thing when you start teaching it to secular kids who do not know the scriptures. And I know even now that Satan is at work. And it's going to be an interesting one. So please, please be praying for that aspect as well. Thank you.